In today's program, we hear about the feminist legacy of Charlotte and Tomasz Garik Masaryk, and later we take you on a tour of Stara Boleslav, the town where St. Wenceslas was slain. But first, here is a second part of David Vaughan's new fortnightly series, In Their Own Words, Voices That Shaped Czech History. The first program in this series was devoted to Tomasz Garik Masaryk, who was the first Czechoslovak president from 1918 to 1935 but he was not the only member of the Masaryk family to make a significant contribution to the history of the country. In this programme, we hear from some of the women in the Masaryk family and from others who were inspired by them. Tomáš's wife Charlotte was American, born in New York in 1850, and the couple were married in Brooklyn in 1878. Over the years, Charlotte became a Czech patriot in her own right, and she was also energetic in her fight for women's rights winning her husband over to the cause. She died in 1923, just five years after the Republic was founded. She trained her splendid intellect in music, in mathematics, in philosophy. She had a sense of responsibility for herself, and she had the capacity to manage her affairs efficiently. In this archive recording from November 1932, she is remembered by her close American friend, the feminist and peace advocate, Martha Root. When Thomas Masaryk and Charlotte Garrick were married in Brooklyn, United States, I think it was a sweet and a very high tribute to her that Thomas Masaryk, on his wedding day, took as his middle name the name of Garrick, her dear name. An outstanding quality of Charlotte Garrick Masaryk was her loyalty to the Czechoslovak peoples. Some girls would have urged the man they loved to remain in the United States, where certainly, more quickly, he might have come into a great position. But she knew there is something greater than making a living. It is making a life. She felt from the beginning and always through the years that followed that her husband's place was in his own land, Bohemia. During the Second World War, the Czech playwright František Langer, while in exile in Britain, wrote a radio play telling Tomáš Masaryk's life story in the decades leading up to his becoming president in 1918. A recording of the play, which was broadcast by the BBC from London as part of the wartime propaganda effort against Nazi Germany, survives in the Czech radio archive. At one point it tells the story, with more than a hint of sentimentality, of how Tomáš and Charlotte first met, in Germany, in 1877. You went to Leipzig to continue your studies, and you lived in the same boarding house as Miss Charlotte Gehrig of the United States of America, who was studying music there. been well. Oh, it's nothing, just an ordinary chill. I'm not surprised. You caught that when you rescued our landlady when she slipped on the edge of the boat at a picnic. It couldn't have been easy for you. She weighs 14 stone at the very least. (laughs) And I couldn't help admiring a philosopher who jumped into the water without a moment's hesitation. Well, no harm came of it, except that I have to stay at home and I can't attend any lectures. I wonder whether you'd care to read something in English with me. Shakespeare, for example. 
It might be helpful if you find the time hanging heavily on your hands. Oh, I should be delighted. And let me offer you a philosopher in exchange for a poet. Perhaps you'd like to read Buckle's History of Civilization with me. I'm just studying it. I'd love to. Wasn't there someone at the door? Yes. Ah, oh, they're not coming in here after all. Do you know why all our fellow boarders avoid the common sitting room when you and I are here? In Germany, if a young man and woman are together, everyone supposes that the young man wants to court the young woman, so they leave them undisturbed. <laughs> well, in our case, that's hardly necessary, is it? <laughs> but it would interest me to know your opinion about the relationship between man and woman, uh, about love. I can think only of a great love, an unconditional love on both sides, which completely absorbs the man and the woman. It must defy the passage of the years, and even death itself. Yes, it means remaining faithful until death. And that was how Masaryk found his wife and an American woman became a Czech. And just as she took your name, so you added her name to yours, Garig Masaryk. And together you started on your quest for truth. When he became president in 1918, Tomasz Garig Masaryk did more than just pay lip service to his wife's commitment to feminism. Czechoslovakia was one of the first countries where women were given the vote, and the president fought actively for equal rights for women. A prominent figure in Czechoslovakia between the wars was Tomáš and Charlotte's eldest daughter, Alice Masarykova. She was highly educated and emancipated and had spent part of the First World War in an Austrian prison because of her support for her exiled father. She founded and chaired the Czechoslovak branch of the International Red Cross and as part of her work she established an annual Easter tradition of holding a three-day truce when politicians and journalists in Czechoslovakia would suspend their political squabbles. We gained the confidence and cooperation of practically all journalists so that our idea of newspapers giving only truthful information, news alive but not sensational, was achieved during the three days of the truce and we do not deny that we hope that what can be realized during three days will one day become a rule the whole year round. Here she is talking about it for Czechoslovak Radio's shortwave broadcasts in April 1938. We beg you, who are listening, to work with us for our ideal embodied in our truth. A clean and truthful press that brings us nearer to each other, individuals and nations, in a wholehearted reverence for each eternal soul, without difference of nation, religion, or race. Let me say the words which we will pronounce by the Speaker of our Parliament in a few minutes. The peace of the Red Cross has been proclaimed. Let the peace of the Red Cross be maintained. It is more than a little ironic to think that these words were spoken less than a year before Nazi troops were to swarm into Prague. Alice Masarykova died in exile in America in 1966, and it was not until after the fall of communism that the Czech Red Cross had her ashes brought home and placed in the Masaryk family tomb in Lani. 
At the time of Tomáš Garrig Masaryk's presidency, several women came to political prominence. Here is the feminist politician Františka Plaminková talking in 1937 about the emancipation of women in Czechoslovakia. She is addressing an American audience, and the picture she paints rather idealises the situation of women in the country. But it is worth remembering that she is deliberately focusing on the contrast between Czechoslovakia's democracy and the threat posed by Nazi Germany next door. Czech women have had the oldest suffrage in the world. In Bohemia, there was a woman in parliament even before the war. And after the war, the Czechoslovak nation immediately gave its women equal rights with men. These rights have been, been put into practice as well. There are now nine women in the Chamber of Deputies, five in the Senate. There are women judges, women teachers and public officials, all sharing executive power, advancement and remuneration on a basis equal with men. We work side by side with men in all fields, and this cooperation has borne good results. We have abolished legalized prostitution, we have social legislation of the front rank, and magnificent health and social institutions for students and workers, for children and adults. Popular education is on a high level, which naturally reflects our family life. What a fine development it is. Would it not be a crime if another war should interrupt it? We all, people and government, are using every effort in the direction of world peace to bring about the victory of common sense, to show that the only lasting peace is the atmosphere which helps all people develop their best their most human qualities, and makes human happiness possible. As we know, common sense did not prevail. During the Nazi occupation of Bohemia and Moravia, Františka Plaminková was kept under close scrutiny. Nazi ideology was overtly anti-feminist. She was arrested twice, and then shot on the 30th of June, 1942. Another Czech politician who did a great deal for women's rights between the wars was Milada Horákova. Like Františka Plaminková, she was arrested by the Nazis, having been active in the underground resistance, but she survived the concentration camp in Terezin and a number of German prisons, and returned home. Here she is, in July 1945, honouring those who had resisted the Nazis, and in typical spirit, she points to the role of women. Ženy stály všude. Byly v koncentračních táborech, byly v žalářích. Women were everywhere, she says. They were in the concentration camps, in prisons. Mothers of small children walked out bravely and unfalteringly as they were taken out for execution. They fought as partisans, they fought as members of our army, and their battle reached its climax in the last hours of the war during our revolutionary struggle, as they fought on the barricades. <laughs> By a grim irony, Milada Horákova herself was executed almost exactly five years later, showing throughout the trial the same courage that she had pointed to in others. After the 1948 coup, she had resigned her seat in Parliament, and 18 months later she was arrested, 
accused without a scrap of evidence of heading a group that was trying to overthrow the regime. The trial was broadcast on newsreels and radio, a warning to anyone who might dare to doubt the merits of the new order in public. The state prosecutor was a man called Josef Urwalek, whose rhetoric and tone were eerily reminiscent of Josef Goebbels, and whose style of cross-examination was nothing short of vicious. The accused Horakova is the criminal mastermind of this entire terrorist conspiracy that stands here on trial. She is linked to a whole reactionary underworld that comes flocking to her from all sides. Milada Horakova remained unbroken and calm throughout the trial. Here is a short extract from her speech in her defence that puts the fanaticism of her prosecutors into sharp focus and points to her faith in the principles of Czechoslovakia's first two presidents. I have stated to the organs of state security that I remain on principle firm in my convictions and that I remain so because I have built these convictions on the opinions, points of view, speeches and information of people who I have respected. Among them I include our country's two greatest figures, Tomáš Garig Masaryk and Edvard Beneš, both of whom were an inspiration to me throughout my life. The court sentenced Milada Horákova to death for treason. In spite of petitions signed by Winston Churchill, Albert Einstein and Eleanor Roosevelt, she was hanged on June 27, 1950, at the age of 48. I will end with Charlotte Kotik, who is the great-granddaughter of Tomáš and Charlotte Garig Masaryk. In an interview with Radio Prague in 2018, she talked about her great-grandfather's commitment to feminism. I think that he was um, really involved in and considered absolutely important that women get the vote, you know, so it was really early 1920s that women voted and the equality was basically stressed as something which is going to be part of the new republic. And so I think that's very important that that justice was to be the same for men and women. His acknowledgement of Charlotte, his wife, in his name, taking her name, was, I think, a symbol of him being very serious about cooperation within the family and within the nation of men, women, and husband and wife. That was David Vaughan with a second part of his new series entitled, In Their Own Words, Voices That Shaped Czech History.